Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of... The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 169th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? I am doing well, other than not being able to figure out a mute button right there. Um, no, I just actually, I've had a really good weekend. Uh, I'm super in a good mood. I just came back from California, went to Levi's Stadium in sunny Santa Clara, California to watch my, uh, Kansas City Chiefs play San Francisco 49ers. Uh, it was special because my uncle, uh, who, you know, been my uncle my whole life and he would be. I'm glad my most of my family doesn't listen to this. He's my favorite uncle. Don't say that on Twitter. Oh. But he's my favorite uncle. Uh, so long, long time ago, my family, well, my family is from St. Louis, right? And a long, long time ago, my mom and 
dad were having issues and my mom decided to load up the truck and move to OKC. And she moved her and her four kids to Oklahoma City. Where did they stay? With my single uncle in his, I think, two-bedroom house. And he took us all in, you know, until we until they were able to get on their feet. Of course, my mom and dad reconciled. And lo and behold, it is me. Uh, my family... Uh, I like I'm gonna give y'all way more information than y'all ever needed to know about my family. <laughs> but my family from St. Louis, like all of my cousins, have went to jail. I know it's like, oh, why would he say that? Well, a lot of people feels like it was the environment of St. Louis, Missouri, very big gang environment. Well, because there was an option, we moved to Oklahoma City, and because we moved to Oklahoma City, I was basically my brother was able to delve into his nerd side. And he was big into the sport of what kings professional wrestling. And without the outside influences that would have come from living in another city, I was allowed to grow up unencumbered and uh, become the flower that I am today. So I always thank my uncle because in 1976, he decided to move to Oklahoma City. And without that, I wouldn't probably be the human that I am today. That being said, we had never hung out. You know, I've been over his house for barbecues and all that stuff. He was a 40, he's a 49ers fan. He, uh, and I found out this weekend, weird, com uh, weird thing to find out. So my uncle became a 49ers fan in the early 80s because of a football player by the name of Joe Montana. So he started becoming a 49er fan, has stayed with 49er fans ever since Joe Montana went to San Francisco, right? Interesting factoid I found out this weekend, and I think it's super cool. Joe Montana then was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you've followed my Facebook or anything, you will know the day Montana was traded to Kansas City is the day I became a Kansas City Chiefs fan. So, weird to find out, many years later, unbeknownst to us, we both became a fan of a team because of the same player. Huh. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty nuts, man. <laughs> it's pretty nuts. I didn't know until I didn't know until uh Sunday morning. You know, I'm forty one and of course he knows me yeah, for all forty one years of my life and I had no I had no clue. Uh so um yeah, I'm very excited. I was very excited to find out that information. We had a great time, we were in the club level. Found out the tickets I had came with free food. So these were 50-yard line club-level seats to the Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. At halftime, the score was 14-13 Chiefs, and we thought we were in for a good game. Well, if anybody watched the NFL the rest of that game, well, I was in for a good game because Kansas City Chiefs scored 35 points in the second half to win going away. <laughs> um, so it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't close at all. Uh, I did not globe to or anything because I am bigger than that. And, and, and the weekend, I hate watching games with people rooting for the other team. I really don't. I don't go to games with people rooting for the other team. But I, I really did want to show my appreciation to my uncle for everything he's done through my life. It's just I just wanted to spend time with him and get to know him. And I spent time with him, and I got to know him. And it was just a very good weekend. It's one of those weekends that will mean everything for me uh, to me for the rest of my life. I got me a little 
pin uh, from San Francisco because it was Bryant Young Hall of Fame weekend. And I got a pin that says uh, that in the date, uh, and it was Kansas City versus San Francisco. So I will always have that memory of the day me and my uncle actually went to a wrestling show. So, I mean, we went to a football game. Sorry, didn't mean wrestling show. He would never go to those. <laughs> no, but, no, but it was a great, great weekend. I am, if you can hear it, I'm, it made me pretty happy. And also, also, icing, cherry on the icing of this beautiful life Sunday, Black Adam came out. I went to see it on Friday. I mean, I went to see it on Thursday night with my wife and my best friend. Went to see it on Friday with my high school friend Echo and her daughter. Saw it twice. Loved it both times. Uh, you know, I thought it was it was the greatest. I said it was the greatest superhero movie starring The Rock ever. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I really did like it. Uh, for every, you know, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's now maybe the thirty nine percent by critics, but it's at ninety percent for ninety percent for fans. No one that I knew that went to see it didn't like it. Did it try to change the wheel? Did it try and reinvent the way you thought about superheroes? No. It was standard superhero movie with the rock saying one-liners. You have a 39% tomato meter, but the audience score is 90%. So yeah, make of that is what you wish. Yes. So if you're just looking for two hours of escapism with a really cool mid-credit scene, go see Black Adam. If that's not your cup of tea, I completely understand. You know, if you want to wait until it comes out on HBO Max, I understand that too. But I really did enjoy it. It was a good time. My friend Echo had not been to the movies since 2018. Jeez. And I told her. I made her a promise. Like I was like, you got to go see Black Adam with me. And she's like, okay, we'll go see Black Adam. And I was like, I have to skate now. I have to go skating. I haven't been on a skate since I was 13. Uh, oh, God. 13 years old. So Why do I feel like that's going to end badly for you? It's going to pretty much me be, I'm going falling. I'm not going skating. <laughs> I'm going falling. And I'm going to fall, and I'm going to fall, and I'm probably going to fall again after that. But it was worth it to her to see the uh, the rock in his grandness and greatness. He's the only, he's the only only person playing a superhero only person that doesn't have to get in such special shape to play that said superhero it's like you know like Hemsworth like I had to go on the Thor plane to lift weights and Chris uh, Chris Evans is like yeah I had to do this to gain 30 pounds the rock's like I look like this every day there you go. <laughs> like, he looks like Black Adam every day. But uh, no have you seen it yet sir? I've not seen it yet still. You're gonna you're, I'm gonna cry. Okay. I'm gonna see it eventually. No, I'm. I've I've got a busy week ahead of me because um, well tomorrow I'm actually gonna go to uh, see the Pistons. Uh, they just got killed by the uh, Wizards, so I'm hoping against Atlanta we can hold up a bit more of a fight. Um, but uh, of course this Saturday, I will be at Michigan versus Michigan State at really? the Big House. You get yeah. to go. That's gonna. I be get awesome. to go. My my job has allowed me to be able to go and uh, get. Uh, on-field footage of that, so it's gonna be insanity. Because I was at uh, the big house for the Michigan Penn State game, and oh my god, like it was their maze out game. Like being like like around that whole atmosphere was ridiculous. It's 
absolutely crazy. So that's going to be nuts. Um, but yeah, my, my, my professional football team is dead and that's, that's that. And I watch smile and it's fun. Not, not, not great, but fun. Okay. So yeah, it's got one of the funniest jump scares I've ever seen in my entire life though. It's, it's in the trailer. So if people want to find it, like the main trailer, it's the last jump scare in the in the trailer. So it's fucking hysterical. Oh, you know me. I'm not into the, the horror, but you know. Hey, man. A lot. Of, it's hard to do modern horror nowadays because I watch so many modern horror movies and they just make me laugh. They they do. They make you laugh. The new the new it movies that came out the last like five years, like those two it movies with uh, Bill Skarsgård, uh-huh. funniest fucking movies I've ever seen in my entire life. They are hysterical. I was I went to a theater with like when the first movie came out and like I got people like jumping all around me and I'm pissing myself with laughter. Like everyone was looking at me like I was psychotic because I was laughing so hard because that that movie is objectively funny. Who's calling you? That was JR calling me like he doesn't <laughs> know that I do a show at 11 o'clock central time every Tuesday. Adrenaline. He knows that I do a show right now. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, on that note, uh, oh, we we can we can we can move on from our little intro. Dude, um, it's been great, man. I love the yeah, intro. absolutely, yeah. Now, if y'all were wondering why there was no show uh, last week, it was because your boy over here uh, didn't had something to eat that didn't sit right with him, so he was uh, by the toilet for a little bit. So. Literally, as we're about to record, like I can just feel it in my throat, and it wasn't going down. And I'm just like, "Well, there's only one way this is gonna happen," and it did. Uh, so I literally was like, "Floyd, I'm sorry, it's not a good time right now." Um, so we're gonna catch up a little bit from uh, the little snippets of what happened on Dynamite and Rampage. Yeah, I was on- looking oh. at this, and we're gonna do a little. There's too many things that we have to mention from from the previous week's show, and then we're gonna get into last week's Dynamite from Cincinnati. And uh, we're gonna preview next next this today tonight's dynamite. When you guys hear this, that's taking place in Norfolk. So we got a lot to get to, of course, on this episode of All Things Elite. This might be a bit of a longer episode, but we're gonna try to get through the the past stuff or the the less like the old news, I guess, stuff as quickly as possible. But there's stuff what we have to hit. <clears throat> but before we get to everything, though, please make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. You listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us on uh, streaming services or podcast apps, give us a share. Friends, family, coworkers, it does not matter who. It really does mean the world to us for you to share the word of the podcast. It means all the great things to us. Uh, And you can also leave a rating and a review if you wish. Um, And if you're so inclined, though, it's easy for us to be supported if you guys follow us on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible, so please check out all the other shows that they have on their network. You won't be disappointed. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And first, we're going to get to the big news of the week. And, of course, it continues to involve the fallout from All Out or the Brawl Out, whatever you choose to call it at this point. We have more developments in terms of reports and rumors regarding uh, the future of the people involved with the uh, fight that took place after All Out. First thing that we know is that we know for a fact that Ace Steel is out of here. So... 
there's that thing. We know that he's gone at that point. Like I said, like I said, my first piece on it, you're not losing anything. And it's like, if everything that was written in the report was true, biting somebody and all that type of shit, get out. And, you know, it makes sense. You know, we've already found out that from the fight that took place uh, at All Out after the show, we now know that uh, we have our first casualty. Ace Steel is out of here. So, I mean, that was the one guy I said that, like, you know what? Like, there's no use in keeping this guy around. He offers nothing, and he has done nothing since he's been there. And if you're out here doing what is being said in the reports, biting people, you need to go. So it's that simple. Like, And it made sense that he would be the one fall guy that we knew that would be bleep canned. But... We also got other developments in the instance of, like, on recent episodes of Dynamite, including the one that we're going to be talking about. Uh, the Elite has been mentioned on commentary, and in talking about uh, the Ring of Honor World Championship, they have shown CM Punk holding the Ring of Honor World Championship in the collection of champions over the history of Ring of Honor. So he is being showcased, even though they're not mentioning him by name, at least right now. But right now, of course, the big news of the week regarding all of that is the fact of the continuing talks about a buyout is almost inevitable, it seems like, with CM Punk and AEW. With that news of a possible buyout being almost a certainty when it comes to CM Punk, conversations were then coming about about Punk going to WWE and having a conversation with Triple H. And reports were saying that Triple H would be open to a conversation about him returning um, and that those rumors were starting to uh, wind up. And I'm just like, oh, my God, man, people don't learn. Uh, but I guess, Floyd, we go ahead. We'll go to you first since we're, we're talking about my boy yet again, because this shit just doesn't want to leave me. Um, you want to give your thoughts first on the on the reports of the buyout? OK, I will start state will start with my oldest statement. I wish these grown men could get over it and make some money. Uh, the punk. Versus the elite feud that you could have over the next year or two could lead to increased interest in AEW because it comes from reality and that's what wrestling fans like. I will stay that, state that. Okay, and if you can't work it out, I, we had a great year. We did. If you look from All Out when he debuted or first dance when he debuted to All Out, Great year. Great run with CM Punk. Lots of great memories. It will probably go down as one of the best years in AEW history as far as uh, attendance, uh, you know, interest, uh, you know, memorable moments with CM Punk. Uh, all the stuff. He is, I mean, it meant a lot. And I thank him for his time. Uh, I don't know. I wish it could have worked out. Um I, I keep hearing the WWE rumors, and if he wants to go with the doofus Triple H, as he referred to him, not me, I, I, I love Triple H, but as he referred to him in a famous promo, you know what? Go for it, and I hope you get paid boo money. I hope you get paid life-changing money to get speared by Roman and lose. Do whatever you can, man. Enjoy yourself, but... uh. Yeah, I, I, you know, I want Kenny. I want Kenny in the elite back. I mean, it's called all elite wrestling. You got to have the elite there. I know they're not going to be there forever. I'm not an idiot. I know all the elite and all elite wrestling is a name and not necessarily. 
But it's just like when you have Kenny Omega, one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen, one of the men that I just love to watch perform in ring. You have the Young Bucks who literally don't know how to have a bad match. And they were your trios champions and they were there to build up your trios championship. And they're missing from your company. You're missing something special. I don't want to waste. I don't know how much time we have with Kenny Omega. I don't know how much time with the Young Bucks. I don't want to waste time where they could be wrestling with this BS. So let's get everybody back. Let's put on the dynamites. I mean, I guess there's a certain part of the fan base that just wants to go back to watching wrestling and not worried about what's going on backstage, which I will tell anyone you can easily not know, know what's going on backstage if you don't want to. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. Twitter Twitter is not a necessary tool to enjoy wrestling. I'm just throwing that out there. But, uh, yeah, I'm ready for AEW to get back to being, to feel the vibe of AEW. I am very happy that uh, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, all reports saying they've taken a larger role. You know, I, it, it's just everything seems to be this bad situation that AEW is doing their best to make the best of it. Yeah, um, and now I'll go ahead and continue my thoughts, which quite honestly have not changed uh, since this whole ordeal had started. Um, no, I think the buyout will happen. I think this man is done. I just it's it's just how I feel. Um, and like like Floyd said, I'm right there with him. Like that run from the first dance to All Out 2022 was one of the happiest time frames of me being a wrestling fan in my life. I had never experienced such joy and happiness as a wrestling fan as that time frame. That year was unbelievable. And there was so much I can pull from being like, man, that was like one of my favorite moments as a fan. Oh, maybe that was, or that was, or that was. It was just everything was so like... It was more than anything I could have ever asked for. Up and down before the first dance, that Punk would stay retired. He would never come back to wrestling. He would never come to AEW. He was donezo, hated wrestling, never wanted to come back. And I had accepted it at that point. And then I got more than I could have ever asked for from a CM Punk return. It was un- it was great. It was It was wonderful. It's a terrible way for it to end, but I don't control that, you know? I, w- I said from day one I was along for the ride. The ride just happened to kind of careen off of the track at the end and left a couple bruises and and bad memories. Uh, but I can't really do much about it when the whole everything else was just so good. Um, it's pre- it's looking pretty likely that Kenny and the Bucks will be coming back. I'm geeked for that because I miss those guys so much. Like it just. It's hard for it to feel like AEW when you don't have the elite as a part of all elite wrestling. And if that trios match didn't say say anything, they are some of the best. Um, and in terms of the uh, punk going to WWE talks, can y'all learn your goddamn lesson? Just learn your lesson. It is not gonna happen. I will. I will stand on my on my soapbox right here and say in absolute certainty. 
knowing that it could bite me in the ass, but I know that it won't because I'm this confident and I know this man from watching him for how many years. He will not go back to WWE. Will he have conversations with Triple H? Absolutely. Because that's, I mean, he'll hear you out, that's for sure. But he will not go back to WWE. Because if you want to talk about a locker room that does not want to see him there after he just set fire to the AEW locker room like he did, and then he shows up in yours, do you realize how much backlash that will cause from WWE guys that do not want to see him there? Guys that he had already had problems with back when he was in WWE. And then, of course, the head honcho Triple H, who he he does not like him. How Hunter does not like him. They never got along. And there was never any good vibes between those two. And lest we forget the summer of punk when Triple H in character came out of retirement and then went back to being the COO after beating punk just to kind of halt all of that momentum. So no, this man holds grudges. This man is very prideful in the things that he says and does. He will not go back. Um, so learn your lesson, please just, you know what? Be happy that you saw CM Punk wrestle at all. And then hate him if you want to now because of the things that he did, because I understand why you would, or the things that he said. I completely get it. Or you can be like me. You can still think that CM Punk is one of the most eclectic and entertaining and controversial and just can't-look-away wrestlers that you have ever seen and just we have right now um i appreciate once again everything cm punk has done for me as a fan um i'm i wish he could be able to get over his ego and you know make make bygones be bygones and do business and make this whole thing worth a lot of money for AEW and himself as well as well as the elite but uh, i understand why he is sticking to his guns, uh, admirable, stupid, maybe, but you know, regardless, you know, I can't, I can't fault that because I mean, like it's, it's literally, I know what this guy is about. And that's one of the reasons why I became a fan of his. And it's another reason why I know a lot of people hate this man with every fiber of their being. And I get it. I totally get it. But, uh, he's still the best in the world to me. And, um, I just hope that he like, walks away with this and kind of just you know what just leave it don't you, there's no need to touch it anymore support aj and her new movie that just came that she wrote support that and you know what just leave all the pe- petty shit behind you know what go back to being zen phil brooks because angry phil brooks kind of showed up in wrestling again and at that point you know what let's just let's just leave angry phil brooks alone for a bit and just keep them away but that'll do it i'm not saying anything more on this man until we get an official announcement because i'm quite tired of it honestly i love talking about cm punk but in ways outside of this well let me just say one more thing it's all hangman's fault never forget that that never never (laughs) never forget that and that man ran like a like a like a scalded dog out of the 
the the now arena before punk could even get on a microphone after that it was all his fault i'm kidding of course no uh, i am not it is all hangman's fault all <laughs> hangman's fault i ain't putting blame on nobody he started i ain't putting blame on nobody he started this shit it's his fault i just want to see see him punk kneeing people in the face that's all i, I wouldn't be anyway because he's hurt again which is unfortunate but you know, hopefully he heals up soon. I'm like, I, I keep, I, I'm like that little kid that I, I found out there's no Santa Claus, right? Hopefully, no, nobody's kids is listening to the show. Found out there's <laughs> no Santa Claus, right? And you know, I don't, you know, I believe it, but I don't want to believe it. So you kind of stay up on Christmas Eve trying to hope you hear that bell or something that proves to you that Santa Claus is still real. That's me right now, hoping that in a last minute, last ditch effort, that they say, no, this buyout is stupid. CM Punk says, I'm sorry. The Bucks and Hangman say, I'm sorry. Bucks and everybody say, they're sorry. We love each other. They hug and then they fight. (laughs) I I just, I just keep hoping that it ends up working out. I'm an idiot for doing it. I know it. I'm saying it. You hear me? I know it, but I'm still like, I'm just, I'm just like, Oh man, come on, please! Y'all can just wake up. Maybe you know have a, uh, you know he has a speaking on staying on the Christmas thing. You know, CM Punk goes to sleep tonight, and he's uh, he's visited by the ghost of wrestling future, the ghost of wrestling <laughs> past, and the ghost of wrestling present. I mean, and, let's be fair. And, he is he is wrestling Scrooge. Yes, and, and you know, and you know, the ghost shows him the future of him getting speared, uh, getting uh, getting the uh, you know the Superman punch and speared and pinned one two three in the middle of the ring by Roman Reigns to continue his nine hundred and fifty six day streak as being the world champion, and you know him being pissed, and then you see wrestling present. How AEW, even without him, has been thriving and putting on good shows. And then he says, you know what? I'm not a Scrooge anymore. And he goes back and he just apologizes, whatever he needs to do, and let's move on. But it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. I'm wasting my time saying it. But guess what? I'm still hoping. Still hoping. Now, at this point, we can move on. (laughs) <laughs> yes, but meanwhile, watch Blade of, Blades of the Forty Seven Roman. Roman. Yeah, which please, is please watch. Support AJ Lee. Support AJ which because the fact that she's got a, a movie that she's written and it's on Netflix and it's a big budget movie, like fuck yeah! And yeah, it's the continuation of Forty Seven Roman, right? Starting yeah, the, the starting uh, Keanu Reeves. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Let's go. Let's go. That's I- huge. That's huge for her, and she's still doing stuff uh, with the. Uh, Women of Wrestling, I believe. Yes, I'm going to have to watch it. I'm going to have to watch it. So, yeah, there you go. But let's now really quickly go over some of the big highlights from the Toronto uh, series of AEW television. Um, Of course, the big news was before the show even took place, we got Twitter announcements that Renee Paquette has indeed joined AEW. She is all elite, and she is a backstage reporter, a huge acquisition, she got such a great response from the, from the Toronto faithful. They went ballistic for her, and it was great to see. Honestly, it just feels great to see her back as a wrestling interviewer because she's so good at it. She's genuinely like one of the best, 
and she opened it up with an interview with Christian Cage, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, Renee Paquette joining her husband. Shout out to her. It was amazing to see her because, I mean, wrestling missed her. Ren- Renee has done such great things as an announcer, as a commentator, as an interviewer, as a podcaster. She is just really genuine, like one of those genuine people you see in wrestling that there's not a ton of, but you love seeing them when you can find those people. So let me tell you, she is one of those people that is comfortable and it seems like in any room she's in, and she does everything at wrestling except wrestling well. So, you know, she's never tried to wrestle, of course. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I think big get if they ever do the AEW talk shows or interview shows. I mean, she's great. I think as far as backstage interviews, I mean, she could launch some uh, huge angles if they want to do it that way. You always have the her and Mox connection where someone could say something out of line and Mox just messes them up. I mean, so we got a lot of stuff there, you know. I mean, this lends more to the soap opera side of my professional wrestling, which, of course, I love. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, of course, some of the other big things that we had, uh, Swerve Strickland and Daddy Ass, huge Huge moment for that match, even though Swerve stole the win. Uh, it was a great continuation of Swerve being a great heel. Um, FTR came out and supported Warjo. And then we saw the return of Sean Spears in his home country as well. Yes. Now, that was a t- perfect 10 out of 10. Sean Spears, uh, after a long hiatus, anytime you go away from a long time, you come back a face. That's how it works. You come back a face. I don't care how much of a dick you were before. If you take a long time off and come back, then talk about, you know, that you got a baby on the way. Yeah, you're a good guy. You're a good guy. Uh, Canada's own Sean Spears. I'm very, very happy that he's back. because I'm I'm always a fan of his. I am way higher than anybody else on his in-ring ability and just, you know, his star uh, charisma. But, you know. You watch someone lose for like three years straight, it, it breaks you to a point. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I, I, no kidding. Yeah, it's like I like Sean Spears, but when people are like ah, I can never get behind him, I get it. You saw him lose like for a long time in a row. Yeah, kind of hard to change your opinion of him. It's like if somebody came back, James Ellsworth gets jacked and comes back, and it's like, hey, I want to be a world champion. No one's gonna take that serious. Because James Ellsworth was not taken seriously as a character for so long, you know? So, I completely get it. But Definitely I, watch his promo, though, that he that he yeah. cut when the show was off the air. Yeah, but the pinnacle is the pinnacle for life. Absolutely. Um, you also had uh, the amazing promo between Hangman and Mox, which, of course, is where we got the, I'm not the same. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. The medicine is not working, but I'm still here because I am Hangman. And he's yeah. punching himself yeah. in the freaking head. So we got that amazing Yeah, I call moment. that the Mike Gundy promo. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, uh, that was very much, I'm a man, I'm 40, but for wrestling... I really enjoyed that, you know. Uh, I I thought, you know, like everybody's like wondering, well, when Hangman figures it out, he's gonna be it. I Hangman has figured it out. He already I, figured it out. He he doesn't have bad matches. He doesn't cut bad promos. Uh, uh you know, I think you know, like a lot of people say, I do believe his longest title run is in the future, and 
So for now, though, it's just you keep them looking strong. And I doubt that promo was done well. You know, I don't know if it's booked that way, but he kind of out-promoed Mox. Yeah, honestly, it's like it was kind of crazy to see. I did, did not think that was going to be a thing that we saw in that show. Um, you had Jericho retain the pure champion. I mean, the ROH world title because Daniel Garcia wanted to stab Brian Danielson in the back and once again rejoin Jericho and the J and the JAS. So, you know, well, if you've been once a snake, show, always a snake. If you've been listening to the show, you've known for about six weeks this was coming. So, yes, <laughs> I've been I've been saying it over and over again. When Garcia eventually turns on Danielson, and you knew it was coming because you know it's just. Like the look of it, he just doesn't. He doesn't work in the Blackpool Combat Club. He doesn't. Just no, he really, he really doesn't. But then, of course, the show ended with a brand new AEW All Atlantic Championship. Orange Cassidy beat Pack, and Orange Cassidy now finally has his first ever title in AEW. Very excited for that because I know Orange Cassidy was one of those people. I remember. Like, I saw him in New York before AEW started, and his character was, you know, uh, absolutely something I'd never seen before. Then he showed up in AEW, and I never thought he would be a character that anybody would take serious or go for a world title. The transition from what I originally saw to him being a champion has been done magnificent. They have broken Orange Cassidy's fans' hearts over and over and over again. And, I mean, Toronto, first time in Canada, that's the only show that you could do this on. Such a massive pop for the finish. Really love Orange Orange Cassidy. And I actually love what he's doing with the belt now and the backpack. It's, It's just, it's, to me, he's the most unique wrestling, or most unique wrestler I've seen in about 20 years as far as gimmick. Like, when you think of everyone's gimmick, you can think of a person that did a similar gimmick, right? Not Orange Cassidy. No. The only thing close, which, and I think is on a separate plane, but if you think about it, it's kind of close, is Festus. You know, with the ring and the bell and he goes crazy where you have to play the two different personalities. But, man, Orange Cassidy, the sloth, it is the most, like, up-to-date. It's very much a 2000, uh, 2020s character. It's a, the act. It just It's just perfect. And I, I tip my hat to Orange Cassidy for mastering it and pulling it off. And I tip my hat to, of course, Tony Khan for running with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was a it's been a great ride with Orange Cassidy. Absolutely. And I think it's great to see him finally hold a title because it was wonderful. And then the only thing I'll mention, too, from Rampage in that regard was the fact that we knew who Jericho was going to be defending the Ring of Honor. Well, yeah, defending the Ring of Honor world title against on Dynamite this past week, which we will talk. uh, Made his first ever appearance in AEW with the Blaze. And it was wonderful. And we'll talk about that match when we get to it. But I just felt the need to mention that since that he first showed up on Rampage in Toronto. And it was really fucking cool to see him. Don Castle, baby. Yeah, so we'll now get to this past episode of Dynamite that took place in Cincinnati, Ohio, home of John Moxley. 
we had the World Trios Championship be defended by Death Triangle facing off against best friends and your new AW All Atlantic Champion Orange Cassidy. Uh, great little match there. Uh, once again, we just can't we just can't seem to get a title on Best Friends just yet. I'm hoping the day comes where Best Friends finally get a title because man, dude. I was I was screaming about uh, if you wanted an AEW original tag team to get a title, like I pointed to best friends like back in 2020 because I thought those guys, you know, that was before FTR I think had shown up. I think that was also before uh, a few other teams showed up that were big uh, gets for uh, AEW. So I was all about uh, best friends kind of getting a bit of a rub, especially when they had their outstanding. Uh, uh, like backstage brawl match or or parking lot brawl bet match between uh, the gorilla, uh, not the gorillas of destiny, Jesus, proud and powerful, uh, which was outstanding. So I'm hoping we get to that day where best friends wins a title. But today, this was not that day. But they did a great job of opening up this match. I love seeing Death Triangle work with the trios titles, and I know Pac. Uh, now that he's no longer a two belt holder, will definitely be involved with the trios stuff more frequently um and we've also got news with penta for this upcoming dynamite that we'll talk to him we'll talk about when we get to it yeah um yeah pack is was a great first all Amer- uh all atlantic champion i keep calling it all american title I know american 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 you I, know if you know if jake hager wins the title he's gonna call it that. all american 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 title but um yeah all atlantic champion perfect champion Honestly, Pac is a perfect professional wrestler. Uh, and then, you know, they have been building this arc with Orange Cassidy for a long time. Pac just does not like Orange Cassidy. Pac to the point where Pac was cheating to win, which he hadn't really done a lot in AEW as far yeah. as cheating to win. And he, that's how much he couldn't stand Orange Cassidy. So, yeah, he's the Orange Cassidy's annoyance has changed Pac's personality. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Yeah, and we're definitely seeing uh, Ray Phoenix seeing that and how he was trying to take the timekeeper's hammer away from him, um, which nearly cost them the match. But best friends were able to get the were, were knocked out by a double cutter by Ray Phoenix. Um, so pa- Pac nearly did kind of fuck him over a little bit. So maybe a little bit of problems with Death Triangle that'll cause them to lose those titles. But we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, we move over though with the AEW Interim Women's World Championship match between Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida. These two did a great job in this in this title match. Uh, Sheeta continues to be one of my favorite uh, women's wrestlers on the roster. I love it when we get to see her. Um, definitely her being gone because I know she carried AEW's women's division in the pandemic era. Like she carried that thing so fucking much uh, that it's it was good to have a little bit of a break from her. Her go off to Japan, win titles in Japan, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, now that she's back, um, it's always wonderful to see her. I always miss her when she's gone for long periods of time. So her and Tony did a really, really good job. Um, after the match, though, Jamie Hayter was out there and attacked Tony Storm. Uh, Rebel then got out there. Britt Baker came out, and she, of course, was wearing a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey in Cincinnati. Kitty goes meow. Uh, until Soraya came out, came out and proceeded to beat the shit out of uh, Dr. Britt Baker, Tony Storm got hit in the cr- with a crutch, and then Riho showed up and drop kicked Rebel, knocked her out of there. Um, hit, jumped on Jamie Hader outside the ring. 
so it was wonderful to see Riho as well. Um, wonderful to see her back. And yeah, it was just, this was a really cool match. And the segment afterwards with the whole brawl between that whole group of people was wonderful. Um, Dynamite was just cruising by this point early on. Absolutely. Uh, me, Rio coming back. The excitement that is Rio. I, it, it's so funny. She's so over. <laughs> She's just like, well, there you go. I mean, that's the thing, though. It's like, you know, of course, with this being on a Tuesday because of uh, time movements with TBS stuff, um, this was going up against uh, uh, NXT head to head. And, uh, oh, did Rio did Rio kill Triple H's whole brand in one fell swoop? All Rio does is beat NXT. That's, that's all, all she, she does. does. That's all she does. We could do a two-hour show with just Rio beat NXT. That's it. That's what she does. Now, I'm just, just kidding. Uh, Tuesday night, dynamite. But I was, I was glad to get her hat, get Rio back. Very definitely strong addition to the women's division, uh, which is getting stronger and stronger. If you're not paying attention, yeah, no, it was uh, it was quite uh, wonderful to see her back for sure. I hope I get to see, we get to see a lot more of her as well. Um, we then had Renee Paquette getting an interview with your boys FTR. They talked about how all they ever wanted to do was be the greatest tag team of all time. And, of course, ultimately they want that fourth belt that, that to add to their, their group, which is the AEW World Tag Team titles. Swerve and Our Glory proceeds to interrupt them, being like, y'all have been number one contenders for how long? Swerve was running his mouth. Uh, eventually, Keith Lee kind of shut him up a little bit, tried to show a little bit more disrespect to Dax and Cash. And eventually they agreed to a match next week on Dynamite. So we will get a number one contendership match for the AEW World Title, World Tag Team titles between Swerve and Our Glory and FTR. Uh, FTR, the only people ever in AEW history to have to defend their number one contendership. <laughs> they have been number one contenders longer than the champions have been champions. Like the last three. You know, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun because I'm like they're technically like why would they have to fight to be number one contenders when they've been number one contenders for like six months? Seriously, uh, man. I, 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 I love wrestling. Wrestling is the most beautiful nonsensical thing in the world. Don't try to make sense of it. I'm looking forward to this match. You give me Swerve. You give me Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. As a tag team against FTR, the best tag team in the world, this match is going to be a banger. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, I see a lot of people out there on Twitter kind of sleeping on Swerve. I see you. I see you sleeping on the dude. Tell yeah, me no. something he doesn't do well. Seriously. Like, I ain't like, this is like, I'm not like, Swerve is not my favorite wrestler. He's probably not in my top five. But to me, he's like, he's like Pac, he's like and Kenny Omega to the to a point. Tell me something he doesn't do well. He cuts promos at a top tier level. He has matches at a top tier level. He plays his character and plays his role in the match, no matter where it is on the card, at a top tier level. It's like if you don't like Swerve, it's like, do you like wrestling? Because he's really good at this thing called professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's really good at it. I don't know. It's just like, 
Dude doesn't know how to have a boring match. You can put nope. a match on first. You can put it on Rampage. He's going to go out there and kill it. I'm like, I'm not like the leader of the Swerve fan club. I'm not at all, but it's just, I've just seen it on Twitter. It's me scrolling through, you know, you know me. I don't, I don't get involved, but you know, I'm a peeker. I'm a Twitter just scroll and read it. And it's just like, you just see these comments and it's just like, oh, oh, okay. All right. I, I guess. I'm like, he just seems like you're the guy that you would want. It's like someone that could be the guy. You know, I thought with I, his best presentation to me was with Hit Row. I just thought he came off as such a just mega star, pushed that guy to the top of the company. And he doesn't really have that in AEW, but I think he's adjusted his character to not to still seem like a big effing deal. Yeah, no, he. And I just can't wait until he eventually breaks off from Keith Lee and it gives Keith Lee the ability to shine as the single star that I know he'll be in AEW. This dude will be huge in AEW, I'm sure. And then Swerve will just be one of your top heels. I mean, like, he will be brilliant on his own, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, we then had Jay Lethal backstage uh, challenging Darby Allen to a rematch. Uh, they proceeded to fight backstage. Uh, Darby got thrown directly into a garage door. They then proceeded to bring the door down onto his ribs. Uh, and yeah, so we'll see that rematch. But I mean, we got to get to this point. By far the highlight of Title Tuesday for AEW Dynamite. William Regal gets into the ring and MJF comes out. My God. I mean, like, listen, I'm going to I'm going to kind of quickly go through it because I know I know y'all have seen this. And if you have it, you need to. And I know that you guys know how good this segment was. MJF tells a story to William Regal about how when he was 19, he got pulled for WWE extra work uh, after being training uh, for wrestling for a year. He drove to the arena. He was greeted by Sir William Regal, said everyone was going to have tryout matches. Everyone was against regular opponents. You had Arn Anderson, Dean Willinko, and William Regal who were there watching. And oh, and Adam Pierce, of course. Uh, he was shaking like a leaf because he wasn't fighting for a contract. He was fighting for his life. Pro wrestling is his life. Eventually, he got pulled aside, saying, uh, into a separate room by Regal, saying, Kid, you've got three minutes to sell yourself. Go. And that's what he did. And he said, You told me he was going to try to get him a job that day. And then what happened? It was going to get accomplished. And he said, how old are you? He said, 19. He said, you're just much too young. He said, I see something in you. You become of age. I will personally put my name on you. He said, uh, send a promo to me every month and progress yourself every single month. And he did that every single month. And then he, by month number three, he got an email from um, him saying, Max, I am a very busy man. Make a name in the business. When you're on top of the world, we'll hire you in WWE. And it's like, you got to make a name for yourself out there. And that's when he said, you sent that to a 19-year-old kid, a child with a dream. He said, he read that email. He wanted to quit professional wrestling. He said, I wanted to kill myself reading that. But he said, I couldn't let you and all the naysayers win. And when he said, I wanted to kill myself reading that, Regal was just smiling. Like, with the devilish grin that this man has, it was unbelievable and now he says it's nothing more than a good laugh whenever he reads that email and Rigo's response after all that was saying 
You mentioned being 19 and a child. He said when he was 16, he left home and worked at a carnival and had to fight grown men to get in the industry. And he said he saw something in you and you were going to be a big star. I wanted to light a fire under you because I never quit. And it took an email to get you to that place. You've had it easy, sunshine. And that's exactly what you've had. Had it easy. He said, before you were born, I was insulting Mr. Shivani, but I would never lay a hand on him because he's a gentleman villain and all that type of stuff. Um, I wanted to be where you are. I knew you had it in you, but you let me down because you've taken shortcuts. And he said, just because you're making a lot of money doesn't mean you don't have something to prove. You, you've proven anything to me. He said, don't take shortcuts. You want to be the devil? Then make a name for yourself by doing it right. And he turned his back onto him being like, Show the world right now, or are you going to take another shortcut? And Regal stood back, Max with the diamond ring, hesitates. Regal says, you still have a lot to prove, and then just leaves. Like, un- like first of all, the track record that MJF has with these types of brilliant segments, it's like literally you're shooting 100%. And this whole ordeal... Like, put respect on Regal's name, too, with how good this dude is with promos as well, if you hadn't already known about that. And then, I mean, MJF has only been back for a hot minute since he's been gone since Double or Nothing. And, oh, my God, dude, this guy has come back with a vengeance, and he is continuing to put out banger segments. He's going to put out banger matches when he gets into full gear. And, oh, my God, dude, it's... It's this was outstanding. It was absolutely outstanding. And I'm just stoked just to see how this whole ordeal goes because I'm I'm just jacked. Because every time I watch this segment, dude, it sends a chill. It sends a chill. So good. Dude, uh, it's like you're running out of, you know, like adjectives and things to say, oh yeah, he's the best in the world, blah blah blah. And it's just like sure, he is Definitely the best in the world. He uh, at cutting promos and again, really good at this wrestling thing. He can do exactly what he wants. You know, he can make you feel how he makes you want to feel. If you want to, uh, he can make you cheer him. He can make you boo him. He can make you hate him. He made he made some people feel sorry for him for a minute there. When uh yeah when uh he was saying how he wanted to kill himself, everybody was like ah, oh, and he had him right where they wanted him. And this story is so complicated. And, you know, like, it's like, like, there is a great percentage of the people in that building in New Jersey that will be rooting for MJF to win. Mox is the face. Isn't that crazy? So I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. William Regal, I think, was at his best in this one. Sometimes I feel like he's fi- had problems finding his words in this promo, but he knew exactly the vibe he wanted, exactly how he felt. He's the only person, I, I mean, like, he's one of the few people in the world that could follow MJF and, you know, you know, make it, like, interesting where it wasn't just, like, MJF clearly being better than him. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy, dude. Like, it's like, this guy's unbelievable. It's like you ha- you can't help but like acknowledge how good he is, even though he's just despicable, just despicable. Um, we also had another good backstage interview with Renee Paquette interviewing Wheeler Yuta and Brian Danielson. He said he was Danielson said he was dif- disappointed he lost to Jericho, but he still has a lot of high hopes for Garcia. Yuta was like, "Look, dude, 
he's using you to get what Jericho wants. Claudio understands this, but apparently it doesn't mean anything to you at all. And I loved Wheeler kind of sticking up and just being like, you know, like, bro, like I get we're teammates and all that kind of stuff, but like, how are you not realizing this? Why are you still seeing something in him? Because it makes sense, you know. Danielson, of course, is, you know, a guy that, you know, just God, he kicks the shit out of you, but man, he's got such a nice, such a good heart. And then Wheeler Yuta, the young guy, you know, similar in the sense, but you know, is also kind of like, bro, what the fuck? Like, everybody can see this. So uh, I love the little dynamic that we got in this little, small, short little segment. And it just, it was nice how you got the more backstage interviews like this is so much better than the typical ones that you normally see uh from aew when it's when you see them like you know behind by the tv screen and all that kind of stuff and it's normally just to promote a rampage match or whatnot more stuff like this and now that you have renee you have the ability to do that um and i hope we get to continue to see more of those because it allows the character development to be so much more significant i feel like absolutely um i i, I with this i just thought that um Renee did just a really good job of setting everything up. Just a good interview in general. Uh, my brain just froze like <laughs> really hard. Like I knew exactly what I wanted to say and then I lost it. So I'm just going to skip. Huh? That was embarrassing. This is embarrassing. <laughs> Don't get old. Don't get old. I am 41 completely just like I was like I had what I was going to say and then I lost it. Ah, man. Well, regardless, (laughs) we move over to the Ring of Honor World Championship match between the Ocho, Chris Jericho, and the boys introducing Dalton Castle. Which, by the way, that that entrance Dalton had, glorious. Absolutely glorious. And this match was stellar. Really fucking stellar. I would say, honestly, you look at the matches that were on this show for Title Tuesday— this would probably be the one I point to as the match of the night. Uh, Dalton did. Dalton wrestled his ass off, and the response he got from the crowd was wonderful. Uh, Jericho continues to do really well as the Ring of Honor World Champion, and in fact, he actually got the win uh, clean, clean as a whistle. And uh, he just got a nice Judas effect uh, to get the win, and it was, um, you know, obviously upsetting, uh, but, you know, he did it clean. He did it clean. But it didn't really mean much afterwards because he said he was going to desecrate the uh, legacy of Ring of Honor. And he did it to former champions. He's done it to referees and now commentators. And I screamed so loud because I love Ian Riccoboni. That dude is like one of the coolest people in the world to me because back at StarCast 1 at All In, I actually had booked to call a match with him. I called a match with Kevin Kelly, which is still one of the fucking coolest things I've ever done because this dude would like literally told me straight up and down, you can do this, uh, and it meant the world to me. I still love Kevin Kelly for all that. Um, I was going to do it with Ian. Unfortunately, his flight was going to go pretty soon, and I, like, I was like the last person there, and he was like heartbroken about it. And he actually tweeted like like out like austin like like there like how like every one guy a fan was like oh you were so cool to everybody that you met and all the matches that you called with people and he said there was one person i missed and it was austin he said if you if you're seeing this tweet reach out we're gonna make something happen and i was like yeah man absolutely whenever you're free and he followed me on twitter we kept in touch 
Um, and then I resaw him again at Madison Square Garden for uh, Ring of G- G1 Supercard. Uh, got to kind of pick his brain a little bit. We we were like talking like there's no way we're gonna be able to like somehow call a match like like we have no equipment to do this. So I just picked his brain as a his history as commentator as a commentator and just all that kind of stuff. And then kept in touch with him. And he's I've spotted him at Ring of Honor shows still and in, in the past. Haven't seen him in a bit. Hopefully I'll be able to spot him if he's if he's around. But oh man, it was he like I saw Jericho go after him and I was like, you motherfucker, don't you dare touch Ian Riccoboni. Don't you dare. Jerry Lynn, however, was the one that came out to stop him, and then he was proceeded to hit with a tombstone pile driver onto the Ring of Idol, Ring of Honor title. Um, I'm just happy that Ian was okay. Jerry, t- thanks for taking the fall. I needed I needed that, so I appreciate it. But yeah, Jericho is Ring of Honor uh, World Champion. He's been great. I, 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 I don't I, have anything bad to say. I didn't. So first of all, best dog and castle match I've seen in years. The years. Oh my thought God! He, thought he was. Uh, I always thought he was a. <coughs> when he was in the ring, his performances were always like good to solid. But I felt like this was the best he's looked in a long time. Uh, Chris Jericho's playing this character ROH thing very, very well. I'm sorry. I kind of wanted to see. I kind of wanted to see Rick or Bonnie uh, take the elbow because I didn't know. I don't think he's ever gotten physically involved in wrestling, right? Never uh, I don't. I I don't think so. so At least that I, I watched ROH, he didn't. So um, time I watched. So some wrestling historian can probably find Rick Boner getting Rick Boner getting beat up by anybody. <laughs> I'm guessing it was uh, Matt Taven that did it because you know that's who called him that first. But yeah, I just thought I was like, dude, is he gonna take? Is he gonna take the Judas effect? Is he gonna take it as good as Cruz did? I got to say, because Cruz took it really well. So I was wondering. And then they brought Jerry Lynn out, and he got Tombstone. My friend Jerry Lynn that I talked to waiting on a, uh, a Southwest flight in an airport, and it was kind of, you know, it was just really, he's like, hey, I'm Jerry. I'm like, did you just introduce yourself to me? Really? Jerry Lynn? <laughs> I'm sitting here wearing all this AEW stuff. All right. Man, he was just super nice. He was super nice. You honestly wouldn't know he he's this person that has wrestled in front of thousands and thousands of people all of his life when you talk to him. But uh yeah. So when I saw him take the tombstone, I was like, Yeah, I knew I knew he was having a good time. And Jericho is the perfect heel right now. Like Jericho again, I, I might I, I might say this. I, I wouldn't call him the GOAT. I wouldn't. But he's probably the most versatile wrestler ever. He can do. Yeah, serious. I mean, he can I can't. Serious. I can't deny it though. Yeah, he can do serious. He can do comedy. He can do he, the biggest baby face you've ever needed, biggest heel that you've ever needed. He could, you know, make you care about him being in a retirement match. It's like nothing. Jericho. Jericho is like on this level of like utility player that you've never heard of, you know, and and it's just like rarely like out for a long time with injuries even as he's gotten older he knows how to protect himself he knows how to work to the strength of his opponents it's just like oh just tip my hat to mr jericho and i just thought like not a lot of people have made dalton castle look good and he made him look fantastic to the point where i was kind of rooting for dalton castle to win even though i knew he was eventually going to hit the juice effect so great match the love fest for jericho right there 
Uh, I, you know, I'm trying to give people their due because I feel like sometimes I know I know people come out uh, Jericho, and I wanted to put a sound clip here because Rich Lotta on One Nation Radio has his catchphrase that he that is that is uh, storming the nation. Never count out Chris Jericho. Never count out Chris Jericho. You never can do it. I, I can't I can't do it like Rich do. I don't have his voice, but you should never count out Chris Jericho. Whenever you think he's not going to entertain you, he figures it the F out. Yeah. I mean it's he's just so reliable. He's just I mean, that's a reason why he's been around for as long as he's been around. It's that simple. Um and then now we get to the main events, the AEW World. Unfortunately, and quite simply, out. all we can say about the match is you, you cut out oh, there. For sorry, a second. So, so this is the AEW World Title match. This is the AEW World Title match, the main event: John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. And unfortunately, like we, like I was about to say, this match was killer. And then that spot, which you know, we 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 now know. I mean, what happened? So Moxley knocks Page with a. Uh, spinning lariat inside out bump comes from hangman he lands very badly like directly onto his face as well he is knocked out cold doc samson gets in there quickly after uh referee uh uh which referee was it i apologize i can't remember his name uh uh paul turner i believe paul it was turner. Paul turner. yes paul turner was the referee who brought over uh dr samson they called the match off by a stoppage, Moxley retains the title, and it was later discovered that Hangman uh, suffered a concussion. We were really concerned about this because while this whole, because also afterwards, Moxley hoped and prayed that Hangman recovered 100%. Was hoping that he could like play with his kids and all that kind of stuff and all that kind of stuff. And um, called out MJF. He had his poker chip. Um, while that whole thing was happening, um, they were undoing the bottom rope so they could get. Uh, hangman on a stretcher and gurney him out underneath the bottom rope because he was not he was barely moving i mean he had he had some movement you could kind of see but he was pretty it was looking bad um and mjf uh, uh said uh to close out the show that um he wants you at 110 percent when he catches in the chip so he said you know what i want there to be no doubt when i win so he's cashing it at full gear for the first time in his life he's gonna earn it um that's how the show closed out Thankfully, as the night went on, we discovered that it was only a concussion. There was nothing that was broken. He didn't like no paralyzation, nothing. It was it was reported that by the time he was getting towards the hospital, he was already pretty conscious. He was laughing. He was fine. Um, he was he was sent home the same night. Hangman's gonna be out for a little while, being in concussion protocol. That could have been so so much worse. But I'm just thankful that like it's nothing serious. I mean, a concussion is still nothing to play around with. Let's be let's be 100 here, and we want Hangman to be able to come back when it is when it is safe for him to come back because he is absolutely one of your top guys. And I'm I'm grateful that he isn't severely hurt because there was genuine concern that this could be career ending. Because I mean, the spot looked ugly. I didn't see anything that looked like it was like something. Because I know. One of the cool things that happened on Twitter was that we saw Big E reach out and show his support for Hangman. And he only just a little while ago 
took that dangerous, scary ass bump where he was landed on the crown of his head from a belly, from an overhead belly to belly suplex. And he somehow, I don't know how he wasn't like, you know, like broke his neck or something. Like it was just like, like he somehow like came out of it like with only, only the minimum. or anything which people thought it was genuinely done like right then and there so there was some similar concerns with this with hangman wasn't the case i'm just grateful that like you know you know he's still able to wrestle and everything like that because there was a lot of concerns it's disappointing that the match had to end that way because it was going dude these guys were killing each other they were doing amazing stuff in this match it had a lot of potentials to finish off on a peak to close out the show it was it was a rough patch for fans to be able to have to sit have to like kind of go home from a moment like that and it's 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 it sucks but wrestling is dangerous you know it's not it's it's a it's it is what it is at the end of the day but i'm just glad that he's okay because i just i i we were all very concerned but um yeah it was a tough way to close out the show because everything else was outstanding but it's all we care about is that he's he's okay now that we know he's okay and i'm very happy that hangman is okay Oh my God! How did how well did that work out for AEW? Seriously, because now you still have John Moxley in Hangman with no winner. No, exactly. You can still run that match whenever it, you want. Whenever, yeah, it's like Hangman comes back. You didn't beat me. You didn't beat me. I got injured. They stopped the match. I didn't tap out. I didn't submit. They stopped you didn't the pin match. me. Yeah, you didn't pin me. You have a really hot feud again. I am. I hope everyone's hearing this, knowing that I know he's okay, and I'm speaking yes. after knowing he's okay. That it kind of worked out. Like if you told me, "Hey, write a finish where you know we won't we get a winner, but not really get a winner." This is kind of finish I would write. He got knocked out. Oh, they bumped heads. The one thing you uh, think about it: concussions are very serious. It's very much a brain bruise. Uh, there's people out there that are experts on it, but the one thing you need to remember about a concussion, it's in this case, sometimes it can be one big knock to the head, right? Other times it can be a few knocks to the head, right? So he did the thing on the apron and on the outside of the ring, the clothesline. There are so many times where his head was in awkward situations where it could have been the culmination of all those things to then lead to him getting a concussion. And, of course, I found out afterwards, because I honestly thought it was a work for a moment, and I found out afterwards he actually went out, and that's why they stopped the match, because he went out. And I didn't, you know, I didn't really notice until we slowed down a whole bunch of replays, Twitter Twitter magicians with their uh, slowing down everything. But, yeah, so I was never scared. Why? Because I thought it was a work. I thought it was how the match was ending. And then it's like when I found by the time I found out it obviously wasn't a work and I sent out the message from All Things Elite, it was about 15 minutes later we found out he had a concussion. And again, concussions are serious. I'm not just kind of throwing it. But when you think of all the things that you can get wrong that could have went wrong in that situation, I'll take the concussion. Yeah, no, seriously. It was it was genuinely genuinely like I said, now that we know that he's going to be okay, eventually he'll be healed up and get through protocol and be able to come back to AEW. 
and we know that he didn't suffer anything too severe. Yeah, this could not have been a better situation to come out of. Like, it, like now you know what the main event of Full Gear is. You can build towards that. Um, you still have that uh, Hangman Moxley match in your back pocket whenever you need it. And yeah, I mean, it's the only disappointing thing was that the fans kind of got sent home from that show in a lot of uncertainty because you know we we didn't know how he was going to be coming out of that. So thankfully, everything was okay though. But that was AEW Dynamite Title Tuesday. We'll quickly go through Rampage uh, that took place in Jacksonville. Uh, you had the acclaimed facing off against Anthony Bones for the AEW World. I mean, acclaimed versus the varsity athletes. I apologize uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. And if the acclaimed won, they regained their trademark from Mark Sterling, uh, who stole the trademark pretty much. Um, so yeah, there was this. This match was to end that. Which honestly, I get it. I I, I understand why they did that. You know, it was to kind of throw a wrench in uh, the claims whole celebration thing that they were doing and also give time before the we know who the number one contenders are for their titles um but i was very glad to see that they stopped that whole thing when they got the when they got the win uh so now we can just we can just simply have our scissoring like normal you know we don't have to worry about uh mark sterling getting in the way of our scissoring because no one wants that you know Blocking a man, two men from scissoring. It's just wrong. Special place in hell for you. Special place in hell. Because I even saw scissoring in baseball. That even made the most boring sport in the world and more interesting. Yep. A little scissoring. So I'm down. So, uh, yeah. So Mark Sterling was the devil and he deserved to pay for what he had done. No question about it. Uh, we then had Jade Cargill demanding to get her TBS title back from uh, the best version of Nyla Rose that we have seen so far, I must say. Um, and she basically said, look, Gray can take Penelope Ford's place in this match. Uh, 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 so that way, uh, because Penelope Ford had apparently been injured. Uh, and she said, you get Layla Gray, but now I want my belt back tonight. Uh, and yeah, so the, the whole, uh, uh, Jade, uh, Jade having her TBS title stolen from, uh, uh, stolen from her by Nyla Rose, uh, Nyla has done everything in her power to make her seem, uh, interesting as a title defense title challenger. And I love it. The, everything that she's done has worked amazing. Cause I, I, like I said, this is the best version of Nyla we've gotten on television. Because we're basically getting Twitter Nyla yes. Rose. Twitter Nyla Rose is the best Nyla Rose. And we're getting Twitter Nyla Rose with her terrible puns and her jokes. And being mean is funny. And she literally stole... Laughing her ass off at everybody. Yes, yeah, she literally stole the woman's car. Uh, you know, stole Jade's car and it's hilarious. And, and yeah. then, uh, but the best part is when they drive away and you got Vicky laughing in the background. Because Vicky's laugh can always add to that. Yes, absolutely. Because Vicky is, yeah, she she's just really good at getting booed, and it's like right now you're loving that group. I'm like you're making every you're making even Marina Shafir more likable because she is the problem. There you go. There you go. Uh, you had Eddie Kingston and Ortiz and the Lucha Bros get interviewed backstage. Ortiz was worried that Kingston was losing his composure too much. Pat came out and said you should listen to them and. 
Kingston was not happy about that at all. Yeah, he shook his um, head at him. He was like, who are you shaking your head at? Yeah, he absolutely. Ready to bust him up. And then Eddie Kingston was about to go crazy and lose it. And he's like, it's like, it's, you know, he's like, who are you touching? You got a wife and kids, right? Who the fuck are you touching? Yes, Ortiz. Ortiz was funny. He's like, I, di- I didn't invite him. <laughs> I just said it so dead fan. Shit. Shit. Yeah. Like, I didn't invite him. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about the the reports that came out about Ortiz and Santana? I mean, we can because I don't think you can write the history of AEW without Proud and Powerful. So the fact that they don't seem to like each other anymore is kind of a big deal. It's a bummer. I mean, I, I understand where Santana's coming from. You know, they they weren't in the title picture still. Like, they never won the tag team titles when they very well could have. He wanted more. Ortiz was very comfortable with where he was in AEW. And I get I get both of those ideas. The fact that it kind of fucked up a friendship, I think, is disappointing. Uh, and the fact that uh, Santana had problems with Eddie Kingston, I was, I was like, oh, man, come on. Santana, like, but, yeah, so... The big thing with me is that uh, the big thing with me on this situation was simply put, do you? They were so much more important than the titles in their run. I know the titles are a thing, and I know FTR is all about their titles. But if you look at Proud and Powerful coming in, what they did, how many shows and TV shows and pay per views they main evented. Like, first-time-ever matches, parking lot brawls. It's just like, I, I don't, I mean, I guess, how do you really complain about that? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they were always in a significant spot. They weren't champions, no. But as far as the show, they were always in a significant spot. You know what I mean? And I just like, again, it sucks. It sucks that they... Uh, couldn't figure that out, but you know, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not really on either one side because I'm pretty sure there's a lot more intricacies than I could ever. But it like if they were the same, they weren't taken seriously. I mean, they're right there in one of the greatest tag teams in the AEW. And if you think about from the beginning of AEW, the launch day, uh, and them showing up, you know, literally, you can't write the history of AEW without they have been way more important i i mean to me they're just as important to the history of AEW as the lucha bros were and even and even though they never had the tag team titles i don't know mm-hmm. i just think there's like i'm looking at my wall with you know two sets of their figures they were like you know they're always featured as one of the tag teams out there and shit they got a clean victory over ftr which not a lot of people can say that so i don't know I don't know. I yeah, just, I, I mean, just, it's... It's just like, you can look see it both ways if you're being objective. Yeah. You can see it both ways because being the champions, you know, is super important. And, you know, there are some other teams that I wouldn't have put as champions that, you know, I would have put Proud and Powerful over. And I assumed they were going to be, when they debuted, I assumed they were going to be champions, tag team champions within a year. Maybe a year and a half. But I thought they were going to get a tag team champion run pretty freaking quick so that sucks it didn't happen but you know Santana needs to do what's best for him whatever that is Ortiz seems to be working well they've kind of slotted him uh is uh Eddie Kingston's pretty much his second when it comes to things the guy that tries to calm Eddie down 
and he kind of like the ragtag crew. And I hope they find something more significant for ETs in the future. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I wish Santana the best. I know he's healing up right now. And if he decides to come back to AEW and they can work it out, amazing. And if they can't, I completely understand. I thank them for everything he's done because he bled a lot in those first few years in AEW. Yeah, no, genuinely. Uh, we then had an FCW title match between Hook and Ari Davari. Basically, all it about to was Ari tried to give him money to get out of it. Didn't work. Uh, red rum happened there. Jeeves then got put in the red rum. So Hook continuing to kill people on Rampage, as he does. Uh, you had Layla Gray versus Willow Nightingale, who Willow is officially all elite as well. Lovely to hear. Uh, it's always lovely to hear that. Uh, she was elite since the first day I saw her. That's all I got to say about uh, Miss Willow. Like, there you go. I love her. I love her. Is, is, yeah, so she that. got the win on Layla Gray, which was great to see. Tony announced officially that she is all elite. Jade Cargo then interrupted immediately, uh, had a steel chair, and called for Nyla, and that's when she was in her car, and she stole stole her car, kept her title, and it was amazing. Uh, yeah, loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I thought that was a just again. I can't. I can't talk about. I can't stop talking about how much I love this version of Nyla. Yeah, this new presentation makes her feel really fresh, and they've kept her with the same two people, so it's elevating them also. It is no, it genuinely is. Like I said, I I love this version of Nyla. I can't stop talking about it. It's been so great to see. And then you got the main event, which was the All Atlantic title being defended by freshly orange squeezed, freshly squeezed orange Cassidy between ten. And Roosh. So uh, this was a cool little main event, honestly. I liked having uh, two big guys and then Orange Cassidy just in the middle of these two big guys. And, of course, he's going to be the one guy that turns it around, manages to win after uh, countering a sunset flip. Uh, so I loved how like I, the, the dynamic of this match was the selling point for me, just having these two big guys who know how to beat the shit out of each other. And then you've got little Orange Cassidy there as the champion, as what you would call the underdog if you're talking about like size and all that. So yeah, I thought this was a really cool closing match for rampage. Yeah. I thought it was a really good and well-worked uh, physical match. I've been a lot higher on Roosh because he wrestles a really, really physical style, which is, uh, which is great. And then uh, I've, I want to see more and I see they're trying to do more from 10 and you know i thought he was the guy in uh dark order like gonna be their prize pupil eventually so i love that they're doing more with him i like to see where this storyline is headed because i don't think it's done and i kind of like how this match was booked like orange cassie's like i want to fight you both because i'm bored and then it's like he's like are you cool tony and he's like sure let's do it it was just very interesting probably a lot probably a lot closer to how AEW uh, matches are booked more than we want to. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. That was the joke that came out of that was like, this is probably how Tony genuinely just books the entire show. Yes. So no, uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Orange Cassidy, man. It's just, it's the, the best word I can use to describe his character is cool. And, but he doesn't, of course he's cool. Why? Because he doesn't try. <laughs> absolutely yeah. absolutely well that did it for rampage in jacksonville so here's our quick preview for AEW dynamite taking place tonight when you guys are hearing this you have reho facing off against jamie hater you got brian danielson facing off against sammy guevara 
Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia team up to face Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta. The number one contenders match for the tag team titles, FTR versus Four of Our Glory. And then John Moxley defends the AW World title against Penta El Zero Miedo, which I expect to be a fucking banger of a match. It's cool to see Penta uh, kind of actually get a little bit of a world title shot. I think it's really cool, even though I know Mox has this in the bag. Uh, I'm excited to see Riho and Jamie. Jamie is continuing to prove improve every time I see her. Uh, Sammy is going to get lit up by the fans, I know for sure. Uh, but hey, put him against Brian. You know that's a that's a great little dynamic, I'm sure. Um, and then hopefully we see a little bit more of developments of your boys trying to get that that another star added to them yet again. Would this would be star number nine, I believe. Oh uh, no! See, you're only get a star if you win a new title. Oh. So in this case. They would not get a star, but they would be the only the second two-time AEW champions, and you know they would go on a streak of hopefully holding all those belts and one of so twice. But I am sad because I have come to the realization because you know I watch wrestling. And spoiler alert: turn off the show if you don't want to hear this. I'm gonna wait a few seconds. Wait a few more. Yeah, FTR is probably gonna lose tonight. And, oh man! And that breaks my heart. Uh, they have been dealing this feud, quote unquote feud, with the Gun Club. And if you're looking at things that make wrestling sense, FTR needs to win. FTR needs to lose. We need to get the rubber match between uh, Swerve and Our Glory, and uh, the uh, the claimed. We need that match. Maybe ban Billy Gunn from ringside so he can't get involved. And then the FTR and the Guns are going to have to do their thing. And it's like the fact that FTR might lose tonight. It's like, no, it doesn't bother me at all. As long as it's a continued storyline. They've been on TV every week. I have nothing to complain about. I get to see my favorite team on TV every week. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it, they haven't lost since February and it's, Kind of been a it's kind of been a cool run, knowing any time they had a match, they were probably gonna win. And yeah, it's probably gonna end tonight. It sucks. But uh no, I'm looking forward to what they do. Uh they uh uh Jackie got to hang out with them again this weekend as they wrestled Jay Lethal and Homicide on Saturday night at Big Time Wrestling, and Bret Hart was their manager again. And you know, uh Dax did his thing and it, it was all good. And they, uh, I was going to say this in the news part, but I'll throw it out here now because we're talking about FDR. They got a match on November 5th in Osaka for New Japan. We don't know their opponents. And December 28th, I believe that's the date, uh, they got a match in Mexico for the tag team titles against two people. I honestly don't remember their names. But they're going to fight them, and they're, you know, it's going to be good stuff. So we could be seeing, you know, FTR, which stands for four, three, you know, three reigns, uh, might not be having three reigns anymore. That might depress me. So uh, we're going to see what happens with that. But yeah, really excited about FTR. I swear, you tell me those four men going to be in the ring at any time. They're going to figure out a way to entertain you. The world title match was kind of just thrown out there, but you know, kind of want to make up for the match for last week, even though makeup is not necessary. Uh, Mox and Penna, but it should be good. Hey, Penna is a very entertaining match. I kind of wish, I've always wished 
that he would have been built like winning streak or whatever you want to do built to be a serious contender for the world title because I just love his charisma. You there with me, Austin? I'm here. Yeah, I'm yeah, here. I'm right oh, here. No, okay. That's what I was just like. I was. Dead. I thought you. I thought you were still talking. My bad, yeah, man. He's like, I zoned out. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, it's all good. But yeah, no, I get what you mean about Penta, but uh, I still think he'll. Um, I think he'll bring a great match out for Moxley, though. So that's our little preview, though, for AEW Dynamite that's taking place tonight. Uh, I know we still got a few other things that we want to get to in news and headlines and stuff like that. So a few of them we've already mentioned. But Floyd, you want to go ahead and take that? Today, or Tuesday, October 25th, uh, Fast Company, uh, Fast uh, Company's Brands That Matter the Most for 2022, AEW was named to that list. Uh, And they posted it, so I guess it's important to them. Uh, but that's just kind of showing you that, you know, like people that's like, oh, AEW's dying. That, you know, not on a business standpoint, not everyone seems to be following or tracking with that uh, logic. Uh, Mox and Jericho both re-upped with uh, the company with more responsibilities, including touching and talent development. Jericho's through 2025. Mox is through 2027. Uh, we already talked about Hangman's concussion. And FTR's matches with New Japan. Uh, the uh, January 11th, 23 Dynamite in LA tickets go on sale this Friday, October 28th. Uh, uh, Friday, October 28th. N- just know every almost every AEW show has a pre sale that'll happen on the 27th. If you are a part of All Elite Fleet, expect that email. You can also follow this, uh, this page on. Uh, at WrestleTix, I don't know, like, I'm pretty sure I don't know who runs it. <laughs> so, But if you go to at WrestleTix, they generally will put out the information and they will update with uh, some of the pre-sale codes for Thursday. So if you're looking for the really good seats or you you got the money, go ahead and uh, purchase that on Thursday. Also, uh, from Stardom, I did not put this on the list, Jungle Kiona from Stardom actually wrestled Rio tonight on AEW Dark. This was posted on Tuesday again on AEW, AEW Dark. Really, uh, apparently, really good match. Uh, really enjoyable. Uh, so make sure you check that out if you haven't. Uh, Jungle Kiona versus Rio on AEW Dark. If you don't watch any of match, watch that because I think i mean jungle kiona might end up being you know something in aew because uh you know i've heard james talk about her before so uh from one nation radio uh we did talk about this we did get some mentions of the elite and punk in the video packaging uh reports are that all the legal stuff seems to be wrapping up and uh uh the bucks and in my uh bucks and omega should be returning soon which will be a brush of fresh air and I'm hoping means, I'm hoping that means that we will be getting a match at Full Gear, including those three, which would be great news for everyone. And since AEW is doing a little Texas trip in December, I may be able to get to see the boys there too. So that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. But I think now with all of that said and done, I think that's going to close things out for this episode 
of all things elite guys thank you so much for tuning in i appreciate you guys sticking with us even though i was a little bit sick last week so we couldn't be on the air last week so thanks again for sticking with us i really do appreciate it i know i've been a little bit uh infrequent with my appearances i don't want you to think that this is because i'm like you know stepping away or whatnot things have just been crazy and you know i'm trying to keep up with everything and it's difficult to do at times but i definitely always try to make time for the show because i love doing it i love talking with my boy floyd about AEW. i love talking about wrestling i love talking about AEW. it's always one of my passions and it will always stay that way so i just want to thank you guys for continuing to stick with me even though i'm out here throwing up after eating bad food and then I've also been doing crazy amounts of sports shit for my job. So appreciate it. Uh, please continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever, in fact, you listen to us, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. And you can also leave a rating and a review. Let us know how we are doing. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter, at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows that they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. I am going to leave you uh, now with off to Floyd so he can take us home for this episode of All Things Elite. So go ahead, my man. You want to know what makes Floyd's nipples hard? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Daddy Magic has been getting that over on the show, and I just thought that was, like, hilarious. No, uh, but thank you for listening to the show. If you listen to us a second a minute, uh, we will be more frequent. We will be more consistent. Uh, and when Austin's not on, we will be having JR. I'll just, you know, in the future. But uh, we will be one of, uh, it'll be a combination of us three at any time. But I just want you to say, just after my weekend, I'm like, if you can't hear, I'm in a really, really good mood, really upbeat mood. It's not like I'm ever down. I'm in a really upbeat mood. Make sure you're telling everybody in your life, in your family, uh, that you love them, how much they mean to you. You know, if they've done stuff to you in the past, for you in the past, tell them it's never too late. I mean, it's, it can be too late, but it's never too early. And there's never not a right time. You just let people know what they mean to you. And, you know, they'll tell you stuff and, you know, and you have conversations and it's just great. So, like, uh, my weekend inspired me to just get out there and tell everybody you love them and take care of them. And, you know, if you can do something to put a smile on someone's face, do it. Even if you don't know them, but if you do know them, probably makes it a little bit better. Uh, but, yes, I will leave you. I will always leave you because I'm just rambling now. Whether you're at home, work or school, always do your best to be elite. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.